Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 332, Social Media and Turkey Hunting. And I am your co-host, and the guy who has mixed emotions and I am your co-host and the guy whose plans have changed again. Come on now. Some of those plans involve me and hunting with me. So what's changed this time? This one doesn't involve you. I am just had my Alabama hunt that I was supposed to go on, got moved back a weekend. So I'm going to go to Georgia for two days and then go to Alabama. So nothing big this time, but I think I've learned my lesson. I'm not going to fill out my Excel sheet until the night before season next year. (laughs) That's just a curse waiting to happen. You're going to be in trouble if you do that. I don't think I could stand it. I have to start that Excel sheet on June 1st usually, so. Yeah. Well, what's surprising you these days? Well, first of all, I totally, I mean, in my heart of hearts, expected the can 
to get kicked down the road regarding proposed changes to Alabama's turkey season. Mm-hmm. You got your foot in your mouth, don't you? Well, not much of it. <laughs> Maybe my big toe and little toe and the other three toes are not in there because there were some, I'm not even going to say sweeping changes. There were some bold changes proposed. Yeah. And listen, I get it. The men and women on the Conservation Advisory Board in the state of Alabama and any state, any state have a tough job because they're trying to manage human beings and they're trying to manage animals. And we think we know how we can best manage the animals. It's the human beings that sometimes we struggle with. And so what I'm getting at for you guys who hunt in Alabama and may not have heard is 2022 for for 2022 for the first 10 days of season decoys are illegal and um, there's more yeah it doesn't make much sense to me but who am I just a lowly mortgage broker much like the lowly insurance agent and the lowly attorney and the lowly financial advisor that are all on the conservation advisory board Who are they to be the experts? But I digress a little bit. So no decoys for the first 10 days, but this season is not even going to start in 2022 until March the 25th. Yep. Which is 45 days. Friday. Yep. And the season will run 45 days. I have not even sat down to look at the math to see where that puts the season ending but I'm going to guess it's going to be somewhere around the 9th or 10th of May. Yeah, probably about right. And, Cameron, there's still more. Also, I'm just saying March 25th in 2022 is Friday. That's correct. It is Friday. Yep. Yeah. So the other change is the bag limit has been cut to four turkeys. So yeah. I'm, not going to get on, I'm not going to get on my soapbox again here because we've We've covered this almost ad nauseum, in my opinion. Yes. But, hey, if you've got a baby step, and I'm not saying that the State of Alabama Conservation Advisory Board is doing baby steps, because this may be all that's done. But if you've got to baby step to keep the heat off of you from the hunters, because they're the ones that are going to give you grief. The turkeys are not going to give you grief by making sweeping changes to hunting regulations. But... If this is a small step in the right direction and there will be more steps in the right direction, I'm happy. If this is it, well, to me, I kind of look at South Carolina's changes that they made a couple of years ago, or heck, I think it was last year, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. And I say, hey, it's probably not enough. And by the time you realize that it's not enough, well, Alabama could be Arkansas. So enough said. I will say the agency proposed different than what actually happened. And so there there was some interesting stuff there. I've talked to Mike Chamberlain about it since. But I will say from my perspective, and I'm no Alabamian, and I'm no biologist or scientist. I'm just a turkey hunter. But the way things were explained to me on how this whole deal works and with the research we're seeing on the early removal of gobblers and the potential negative impacts that could have 
I kind of see the decoy rule as a compromise between the anti-decoy people and the decoy people. Because if the gobbler has 20 hens in a field opening day, you aren't calling him in. You will not call him away from 20 hens. Nine times out of ten, we'll say. But if you have a Jake decoy or a strutting gobbler decoy, you actually have a pretty good chance of killing that turkey if you're set up in the right field. You know what I mean? So I'm figuring maybe they're thought there was to keep your breeding dominant toms alive for an additional 10 days after even moving the season back but then allow your decoy users come in after that so they're happy that was what i took away from it and i don't know if that's the correct theory but i'm imagining that was the thought process that went behind it cameron (laughs) just take away decoys altogether i'm in but why i mean why take them away for 10 days well, they're wanting to keep the dominant gobbler alive for 10 no, more days. Not. Yeah, if it. they were wanting to keep the dominant gobbler alive for 10 days, they'd move the season back 10 more days. Yeah. Well, they definitely figured out a way to make it one of the most confusing laws of any state. I'll say that. Next year, they better be communicating like crazy. And you've said in the past they're not very good at doing that if they want people to actually follow those laws because that's getting up, you know... <laughs> That's getting on up there. (laughs) Well, I can tell you that this year will be year number three, that our season has been changed from March the 15th to the third Saturday is our opening day. And I got a phone call last year from someone saying to me, hey, turkey season's not in, is it? This was about March the 16th or 17th. And in 2020, the season opened on March the 21st. And I said, no, it doesn't start until Saturday. And this person said, oh, I was just driving down such and such road. And some dude dressed in full camo with a shotgun on his back and a turkey vest on was just getting in his truck, leaving the woods, parked on the side of the road for everybody to see. I thought... All right, that's the second year after the change. I, I might let somebody slide the first year. Yeah. But year two, I'm giving the guy, I'm giving the hunter the benefit of the doubt here and saying that he intentionally was not breaking the law. If you were intentionally breaking the law, would you park on the side of a paved road? No, probably not. Right. And I tell you, the problem Alabama and a lot of our states have is, is what we discussed with Dave Owens, and that's the tagging process. I mean, it's it's way too easy to shoot over your bag limit if you want to and not get caught. I mean, how, how easy is it these days? You know what I mean? And just as an example, I'm not going to say who this person was, but on my Instagram, I shared the new laws for Alabama and just simply asked, you know, what are your thoughts? Do you like these? Yes or no? And took kind of a poll and had one person respond and say, is this real? I said, yes. They said, that's so dumb. I was like, well, why do you think that? And they just responded, I don't give a blank what the limit is. I said, well, I mean, four is still quite a few turkeys. Yeah, but F it. Okay. (laughs) Good luck to the wardens was the last message I got. I'm like, well, there's your problem right there. It's just too easy. That's a lot of the problem. And until we hunters in Alabama start, you know, making a little phone call saying, hey, I hear this person is over their limit. Yeah. Or this person is at their limit and they're still hunting. The problem is these people, like, like me, I know of people that do that, but I don't want to be that guy. You know what I 
it's just hard. It's hard on both ends because it's like, hey, you know, I don't know. It's hard, but think about it in the light of the turkeys and what you and I are talking about. You know, we're talking about turkeys that are turkey populations that are declining. And, you know, turkey's not going to call the game warden and turn somebody in if they're over their limit. But we can. In my mind, you can make it put something in those people's minds when they're out there doing that, where they like, they know if they see a game warden, they're done. And that will put some more fear out there. Cause if you had a system where you have to literally physically tag the bird, which was Dave Owens point, big yellow tag on his leg, filled out, punched, and your second tag doesn't even become valid until that first one's punched and, re- and turned in. That makes it way harder on, on you to kill 10 birds a year without at least feeling risky (laughs) yeah i mean right now in alabama how easy would it be to shoot your shoot four when you kill that fifth one you know you just kind of sneak him back to the truck go home and keep hunting you know what i mean how easy is that it's easy in every state tennessee's super easy exactly it's there's the i agree with you that we need to be as hunters you know take that into consideration but that seems like a pretty easy fix for the departments to implement a change there so that's just my two cents on it and then this dude on instagram and i'm like oh there you go there's your alabamian (laughs) that's what you want somebody screw it i'm gonna shoot as many as i want to yep right, buddy they're yours they're all yours yeah well and you know my last little point about this and then we're going to move on because we've got a darn good show, but it really is kind of tied into what you and I are talking about right now. But <laughs> the last thing that I'm going to say about this is that guy that posted that on Instagram, if he's good enough to kill four, he's good enough to kill 10. Yep. 12, 15. Yep. And when do you stop? So I know somebody that used to say, and does not anymore, but used to say turkey season starts when the turkeys start gobbling. And turkey season ends when the turkeys are through gobbling. That's right. And we we just can't be like that. No, I know. And I just think one of the easiest steps that could be taken is make it as hard as possible on those types of people. And, you know, I love chasing them just as much as anybody. That's why I like to go out of state if I do fill my bag limit or whatever. Or I'll just go out there and film them, you know. Take somebody. There's no point in shooting, like... If you're that hungry, go buy some food. Like, <laughs> what, take, are you, what are you doing? Take the video camera. And I think I said this to you the other day. I don't even think we were recording. I think yeah. we were just having a conversation that, you know, at some point, and I may or may not get to this point, but at some point, I may say, you know, I'm taking a video camera. And for every turkey that I video on my way home, I'm going to the store and buying a frozen turkey. Man, you know... What I've thought about doing, and I'm dead serious, is buying like a plastic cheap kid's toy musket or something and getting one of those shot cams that actually has the dot on it and and put it on that thing and then go turkey hunt with that. And then when he comes into range, I'll just say bang when I think I'm on him and I can review the footage and let you know if I killed him. Yeah, you could buy one of those little (laughs) cork guns that just goes boop. Yeah, a flag comes out the barrel it just says bang. But you know how what about, I mean? How about one if that you says flop? If you had the dot on there, you could literally know if you killed that turkey or not. Yeah. And so maybe maybe that's the way to go about it. If, you, if you're one of these people that you just got to go every day and, and shoot as many as possible, just take blank shells and do that. 
it's the weirdest sport to me. Well, yeah, we're some weird folks. We are extremely weird people. I love this animal, and it cannot love me back. It does not love me back. And you love it because you want to go kill it. Yes. <laughs> Explain that to Peter. You you can't you cannot. There's no way to make sense of of this sport. No. And there's no way to make sense of us. We're beyond strange. Well, we got a couple other of our strange brethren in this sport. A couple of northern fellows. We don't have many folks from up north on here, I don't think. Cameron, they're Yankees. We got a couple Yankees. Got a couple Yankees on the show today. (laughs) We got the boys from Bayside Legion. It's another YouTube series that I'm sure a lot of y'all have noticed. They're chasing the Super Slam, and they wanted to talk about the impacts of social media on turkey hunting, pros and cons kind of thing. And so we gave them a call, had a great conversation, had our first ever two-person rapid-fire Q&A, which went great. Yeah. And so overall, great interview. I know Andy and I have given you a great interview before the interview even started here, but (laughs) what do you say we jump in there and talk to the boys from Bayside Legion? Let's get it on. All right. See you guys after this. Hey, everybody. Cameron and I are glad to tell you that we have on the line with us Bonts and Derek from Bayside Legion. And we're going to talk about a topic today that, well, Cameron and I have a lot of conversations about this very topic. Of course, not on the show because it, well, I guess it could be a point of contention for some folks. But we're going to talk about it today and get into some detail about the topic with Bonts and Derek. And I want to welcome you guys to the show. Thank you for taking time out of your schedules to join us. How are you both today? Oh, we're doing great. Yeah, we're doing good. Thanks for having us. Heck yeah. Absolutely. We're, we're glad to have you on here. So before we get too deep into anything here, tell us a little bit about yourselves and Bayside Legion. Well, we're two... Uh... Two fellas from the Mid-Atlantic region. Bonts is from Delaware. I'm from Maryland. We've been, I guess, dabbling ever since we really decided that we were going to pursue the state slam like everybody else out there today. We wanted to document it with cameras, and we've kind of been pursuing that and enjoying the ride that comes with it. It's been fun. You know, I think it's actually started, the cameras started before really truly pursuing like the slam we had talked about it but we hadn't really given it a full 100 percent effort until after we kind of already started with the camera thing right that, that was kind of just a, a way of filming the way that we hunt which was different than the outdoor channel and so that's kind of what we wanted to show and then and then the slam thing once we started traveling that just got it just got tenfold <laughs> better or worse i don't know how you want to describe it but it was it got it got different once we started to travel more now you're trying to make me believe that hunting the way that you guys do it and I do it and Cameron does it and 99.976% of the people listening to this show do it is not does not look anything like it does on the outdoor channel <laughs> I mean I'm not going to say that that's not how most other people hunt but that's not how I grew up hunting so it was just it was hard for me to relate to it you know I just so. I'm shocked by the fact that <laughs> You didn't, that you've never had somebody run out to the game, the deer or turkey or whatever it was, get on the opposite side of it and film you looking for it as you're 
walking around, you know, following the blood trail while that person oh, there with something. the camera is watching you. I, I just, wow, that happens to me. Every time I harvest a deer, there's somebody behind it with a camera yeah. filming me walking up. you get an infomercial, you know, while you're walking up. You got to wonder why the camera, <laughs> <laughs> you got to wonder why the camera guy just doesn't say, hey, it's right here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I've never been asked to be a cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, that's awesome. So you guys have a good presence on social media and, you know, you've got a lot going on there and that's actually going to be our topic for the day. So I am I am looking forward to digging in a little bit more about that with you guys. If people want to keep up with your travels and hunting on the Bayside Legion, because y'all do more than just turkey hunting, I believe. I, I saw you're hunting some kind of little swamp looking deer thing up there. <laughs> oh, we could we could talk hours on seeker deer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I uh, never even heard of those things. It's basically a, a miniature elk that lives in the swamps, and mm-hmm. they're fun and they're delicious. They they are very delicious. They also we like them because you can call them like a turkey. They they really are a miniature elk, and neither of us have elk hunted, but just from what we've seen, they're like elk and the fact that you can call them in so imagine crossing deer hunting with turkey hunting in the marsh and you got that's what you got (laughs) i mean it really is it's a a cross between them because they call you hunt out of them you know hunt them in trees because you're hunting in six foot frag or nine foot frag but you call them in like you would with a turkey yeah that's that's pretty cool if if i could call in deer i mean i guess you can but it's not very often i'd be a lot more into deer hunting but that looked interesting to me but if somebody wants to keep up with y'all's stuff how did they do that is youtube the best way yeah you can find us on youtube at youtube.com slash the bayside legion we're also on instagram uh we've got a facebook page and and our website and on our website uh the bayside legion.com nice also just dabbling into tiktok now but that's uh <laughs> we're not sure we want to go that route <laughs> Yeah, y'all, y'all doing like some little dances and stuff for the folks, you know? Yeah, practicing the silhouette challenge for that'll that'll be a big release. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing you guys dancing on TikTok. Yeah, so there you that'll, go. That'll that's, cool. that's one person. One person that is. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. So we. Cameron, did you have another question for him before I no, pick their I brain was, with? I was going to say, I'd, I'd like to get to know him a little better. And yeah. This could be a first on the show. We, I don't know. I know you guys have listened to a couple of our episodes because I think it was Bonts or, or one of y'all reached out. You know we do rapid fire Q&A, but I don't yep. think we've ever done it with a dual guest rapid fire. <laughs> we actually have not. So, we, so I'm going to so tell you. we have to you, cut our our score down in half right that's how that works (laughs) no you i I tell you no matter how well or how poorly you do you're going to be in first place in the dual rapid fire q a challenge so or last place just depending on if you're a positive or negative person (laughs) i'm going positive yeah (laughs) you see what side of the fence cameron's on yeah So we're just a quick aside. We're turkey hunting in Utah a couple of weeks ago, and we pull up to this person's house to ask permission to hunt their property. And he says, you go on. I'm sitting here. I don't ever get permission. Anytime I get out, I jinx whoever's knocking on the door asking for permission. I can never get permission. So he left it up to me to knock on every single door. And we started getting permission. Mr. Negative. (laughs) Negative. When I got out of the car with you, I'm telling you, it must just be... 
I don't know what it is, but I put some bad karma. Nobody gives me permission to do anything. I apparently look like I'm up to no good. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I've only ever gotten permission once, ever. Uh, that's, I mean, I did kill a turkey out of it, but it was only once. I think with Cameron, they may see blood in his eyes. <laughs> yeah, that, that probably is it. They say yes, and then they hear a bang about 15 minutes later, and I guess that, that ends it. Yeah. <laughs> But, well, cool. So, do you guys know how the rapid fire Q and A works, or do you want me to kind of walk you through it real quick? Yeah, we got an idea. Yep. Okay. We're All good. Right. Well, I then... guess could we do it where maybe Bonts, you answer first, and then Derek answers, just so y'all aren't both answering at the same time? Yeah, that sounds good. That okay. works. Oh, that Perfect. gives Derek a chance to cheat. Yeah, he's gonna have really I good. Know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So. I'm going to start the stopwatch as soon as I start the first question. And when you're ready, you say, let's do it, and I'll get going. All right. Let's do it. Wild turkey grilled, baked, or fried? Grilled. Grilled. Wild turkey on the rocks, neat with cola or with water? Cola. Rocks with Pepsi. Got to be Pepsi, not Coke. True. Number of grand slams? No idea. Three. Have you ever killed a bearded hen? No. No. Have you ever killed a Jake? Yes, sir. Most certainly. A 10-minute successful hunt on a two-year-old or a four-hour-long hunt with a clean miss on a four-year-old? Uh, the two-year-old. Two-year-old, all day, every day. Your favorite camo pattern? Mossy oak. Mossy oak. Any of them. Wild turkey legs for dinner or for the dog? Dinner. Dinner. More or less than five strikers in your turkey vest? Way less. Only one for me. The state you killed your first turkey in? Virginia. Maryland. The state you killed your last turkey in? Maine. Wisconsin. Sit in a blind for four hours and squeeze the trigger or run and gun for one hour and not shoot? Run and gun every day. Run and gun. Rios or Osceolas? Osceolas. Osceola. Osceolas or Easterns? Easterns. Also Easterns. Easterns or Miriams? Easterns. Also Easterns. Fields turkeys or woods turkeys? Woods turkeys. Woods. Shotgun scope, rifle sight, holographic sight or beads? Uh, hollow. Holographic, red dot. Rubber boots, leather boots or snake boots? Leather boots. Leather hiking boots. Favorite place you've ever hunted? Hawaii. Hawaii. That's an easy one. <laughs> Most turkeys you've ever killed in a season? Uh, a few. Yeah, 19. I'll own it. Okay, least, 24 for me. <laughs> least number of turkeys you've ever killed in a season? Zero. That'd be zero. Out of all the states you've hunted, which state has the most uncooperative turkeys? Any bird on any given day can be uncooperative. To answer, I'm going to say Mississippi off the of last season. If you only knew how to imitate one turkey sound to call turkeys, what would it be? The yelp. And yelp. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good of a turkey caller do you think you are? I'm going to eat up a little time here and say that if Kenny Mountain says that he was a 6, um, <laughs> that puts me probably down at about a 1 or a 2. But I thought before that I was going to say about a 5. So we'll go with 5. <laughs> yeah, again... <laughs> Kenny being a six, I'm going to go four to five. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite turkey hunting book? Old Pro. Old Pro. Who taught you how to turkey hunt? My father and a whole lot of turkeys between then and now. Also my father, Dana Anderson. Think of the toughest turkey you've ever hunted. Did you ever kill him? I did. Yeah, this is a tough question because I think I've hunted hard, hard turkeys that I didn't kill, but the most time invested on a turkey I did end up killing. Do you prefer long, sharp spurs or long, thick beards? Spurs every day. Spurs. The biggest mistake that new turkey hunters make? Not having enough patience. Getting on Facebook and looking for real advice. 
How long does turkey season last in heaven, and what is the bag limit? Uh, There is no end to turkey season and no bag limit. Ditto. (laughs) I have four minutes, three seconds, and some change. That was very strong. Yeah, you you cut that down to one person, they would have killed it. (laughs) Derek, look, I I think Bontz brought you down a little bit. There was a couple times I got a little winded. Those questions, man, you can start talking, especially when you, like, I've listened to a couple of your guys' podcasts when you give out those questions, and you can just start, as a turkey hunter, you can just start rambling about, like, the hardest turkey that you've ever killed. Like, I could sit sit here and eat up half an hour on that bird, like, you know? Yeah. So you you can get winded with some of these questions. They're good questions. Yeah. Well, thank you. I I think they're good questions, too. So uh, that's a lot of fun. And, you know, you're in first place. I don't care what negative Cameron says. (laughs) (laughs) And that was awesome because it really does give us a opportunity to learn a little bit more about you. And, you know, one of these days, Cameron, we should just start out with the rapid fire Q&A with a guest and just let the whole show be, okay, explain to me why grilled turkey is your favorite. And just yeah. run through the entire rapid fire, the person's answers. But we're yeah. not going to do that today. We have good stuff we want to talk about. We're, we're going to expand <laughs> on one question that Derek answered about Facebook. Yeah. We kind of tie into our topic today with social media. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yep. So, so please when, tell. Yeah. When we reached out to you guys and I kind of said, is there a topic that y'all would like to go over on the show one of the first ones you responded with was the impact of social media on turkey hunting and kind of the positives and negatives and andy and i talk about that very often because there's kind of two camps of hey it's recruiting more hunters you know that's great more people going on the public lands more licenses means more money or you can go in the camp of I really liked having that ridge to myself for 10 years, and I really would like to keep it that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd like to hear what y'all's thoughts are on, you know, because you're on social media, I'm on social media, you know. What what are the positives and negatives in y'all's opinion? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a huge topic, and it's definitely a controversial topic because you got, like you said, there's, there's so many different sides of it. Um, you know, let's, I guess, dig into the negative side first because – you know, we're, we're turkey hunters, so in a way, we feel like we're shooting ourselves in the foot sometimes. But, you know, with, with YouTube videos in particular, you know, you got to be careful as people putting this stuff out there on the Internet of not showing too much. I think selfishly we try to disguise our stuff as much as possible. But there's some times where stuff's going to slip out. Like, yeah. for instance, we, ha- we have some pretty, pretty notable landmarks on a couple of our recent videos uh, out in South Dakota and Wyoming, but it's easy to look at that and say, oh man, they blew up that area, but you don't know how close we were to that area when we took, or how, how, how far we had to drive from location A to location B to get that picture, or if it was a side picture we photoshopped in or whatever the case may be. Right. But there's, um, you know, I, I hate being involved in something that's going to piss somebody off like that, but it's, the nature of the beast as well it's a it's a definitely conflicting topic and something that my dad actually said while we were out here shooting guns today was uh you know my dad's an old school turkey hunter who never tells anybody i mean he i'm his oldest son and he won't tell me where he is like <laughs> most mm-hmm. of the time he might he might tell me what state 
he is in. He might tell me what state he's in. And even then, he might not tell me what state he's in, or he might just straight out lie to me and tell me he's in South Carolina and he's in Virginia. I have no idea. (laughs) So he's that kind of an old school turkey hunter, right? But he even said today that, you know, the YouTube thing, the social media craze, it's going to have to be good for turkeys because it gets more people to know about turkeys and it's going to increase hunter numbers. And that's a good thing and a bad thing at the same, in the same breath, because more turkey hunters means more licenses, means more dollars for these state agencies, but it also means more people that are going to be crowding up on that ridge when you're trying to listen for a bird. So it is definitely a tough, it's a tough topic. And I'm not sure that there is any real one right answer to it. And it also means more dead turkeys. The more people you get involved doing it, the more turkeys are getting killed. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an overlooked part of it is that the hunter effort increases, which is going to kill more turkeys. And the only way to scale that back might be to reduce the number of birds your hunters can kill, you know? So there may be some negative effects from it in that direction. No doubt. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, you end up with state regulations like Delaware with their bag limit (laughs) and permits and so on and so forth. And, you know, I think, Bonce, you said you're from Delaware? Yes, sir. Yeah, so, you know, that's that's a tough place to be. And, you know, Cameron and I talked about Nevada. I mean, think about being in a resident of Nevada, applying for a turkey tag for eight years, and then on year number nine, you draw, so you get to hunt. Yeah, and get one turkey. <laughs> I mean, yep. that's insane to me. You know, of course, that's me coming from a state where I complain and moan and groan about people being able to kill five. And, you know, <laughs> part of that issue is we don't have a clue as to how many people are hunting turkeys. <laughs> right. Step one. So, you know, yep. that's, yeah. And what you're talking about, and I hope your dad's right. And I really... In my heart of hearts, deep down inside, I feel like he is. Because, you know, when I started this podcast years ago, I struggled with the same thing. You know, I'm I'm having guests on this show to teach people how to turkey hunt that because I want them to stick with the sport. But I'm creating more people being in the woods and creating more competition for myself for the same turkeys. And yep. so... You know, it's that double-edged sword, but deep down inside, I know that if we hunters do not recruit more hunters into our sport, that what is going to suffer is going to be the animals that we're hunting. And, you know, can I ever prove that? No, but I I mean, I've just got to believe that that is the case. And so, yeah, here, here we are, you know, you guys are, are facing the same dilemma and, and talking about the same things with us here now. And that's, that's, you know, one of the main reasons why we wanted to get you on the show. So let's, you mentioned showing more than you really need to show to the viewers, but what you're talking about there is showing, like you said, landmarks, things like that, instead of, Hey, it's a hunting video and I'm getting blown up by antis. Yeah. Is that, is, am I right there? Oh, yeah. We we weren't even touching ground yeah. on the, okay. the anti-hunting aspect of it. But there's plenty of that there, too. Um, but, yeah, just, just more, you know, drawing more attention to a particular area than 
I guess needs to be done or intended, obviously. Yeah. Um, because there, there's been some examples. Um, I'm not going to call anybody out in particular, but um, like a gate number being shown and, and that was a big deal. But, you know, I don't, I don't think any of us really intend to do anything like that. And we, we try to cover it up the best we can, mainly for our own selfish reasons, really. There is a little bit of selfishness in there because, <laughs> you know, we want to go back someday. <laughs> someday I might want to go back if I have luck in there. But it's also it's you still have to tell the story. So as a you know one of the things that we try to do is each episode that we film is a story, and we want our viewers to follow along with that story and kind of relive that hunt. And it's so we try to do that without showing you know the landmarks, but still getting the point across of whatever it is that we're doing. And in our particular case, it's traveling across the country. So. You know, we try to have that in there. And then sometimes you end up hunting uh, close to places or somewhat close to places that are very recognizable. Like I just released a South Dakota video where I took a picture of Mount Rushmore. Mm -hmm. Now, I may or may not have been close to Mount Rushmore. I may or may not have had to drive a long distance. I will tell you that in order to get that picture of that turkey, I had to wait in South Dakota until the next day to get the picture of that bird in the daylight because I shot him right before quitting time and it was dark. And I, one of the things that this YouTube thing has made me do is really take the time to get good quality pictures because I want to remember that bird. I really want to remember that bird. And I was willing to burn a day, basically a hunt day just to make sure that I could get a really good picture of that bird. So there are some landmarks that you might see in our stuff, but we, you know, Try to not necessarily show those. Yeah, I think overall we we make a pretty solid effort not to do stuff like that. Just you gotta you gotta figure, and you guys know in chasing the slam, a lot of this is more than just shooting the turkey. It's it's the, the journey that it takes to get there. So, I mean, part of that it, it, it's involved in traveling. It's it's the cool stuff we get to see, and being from where we are in the world, and just being on the western side in particular, seeing those mountains and seeing just a totally completely different environment and the different animals you see it's really really cool for us from our perspective and that's kind of the point of why we're trying to share it yeah exactly like hawaii yeah yeah one thing with the antis that i actually had somebody bring this up to me and i hadn't really thought of it in perspective you know trying not to give the anti-hunting world any ammunition i've noticed this save the pulse you know movement on social media which is fantastic and i hate raccoons more than anything and anybody on earth i'll, I'll about wreck my car to get one if he runs across the road in front of me but I, somebody brought up they're like it's probably not a good thing that everybody's posting pictures of this poor raccoon with his paw stuck in a trap you know right before they blow his head off all over social media as far as the antis i mean that's pretty good ammo for them saying oh this is cruelty and you know whatever because i mean it is they do look pretty pitiful in some of them and so i I do wonder if there's things like that that we need to be a little bit more aware of i I don't know if it'll have any impact or not but yeah i could i could see that drawing some unwanted attention there i know since save the pulse came up which i think is a, a great freaking movement that's coming out and is an example of some of the great things that social media can do because yeah. um, it puts that highlight on an area that that needs it and that's that's awesome that that does nothing but help the turkeys and that's that's a great thing to do and i i applaud those who got that rolling but like as far as people seeing the pictures of the animal in the the trap i know personally my wife's seen pictures like that 
and is like, I don't want to know if you ever do that. Yeah, and, I mean, and that's, that's, that's fine, but you know, there are, there are people that are turned off from that that aren't hunters and don't understand it, and that's something we need to acknowledge. Yeah, because I mean, you know, what the next, you know, picture one is the cute little raccoon with his paw stuck in the trap, and picture two is somebody carrying him out by the tail. You know what happened? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. So, I just that was something that somebody brought up to me, and I never even thought about it, you know, before. And I was like, well, that probably is true. We probably shouldn't be posting all these pictures of these cute little animals with their foot stuck in a trap before we shoot them. You know, that that probably isn't a good thing to be putting out there. <laughs> right. No, but I think education can help a little bit with that too, because if the general public understands some of the the data that biologists have done like Chamberlain has done on nest predators, I don't think it's going to help swing everybody over. And I mean, in any, in any conversation you ever have, there's going to be people on both sides of the fence on it, but it might help swing some of those people to where maybe they, like Derek's wife, maybe they don't want to see it, but they're not going to actively vote against it either because they understand that it's important yeah. and it's important to keep not just the animals that we like to hunt, but just for the ecosystem as a whole, it's important to do that. So yeah, it's, I think it's a good thing to show in my personal opinion. It yeah. does need to be done right and not, you know, not distastefully like, you know, and I personally don't like pictures of turkey heads that are blown up, or I personally don't like the pictures of somebody holding a turkey head up when they decapitated it with a bow. I understand yeah. that this is a very ethical way of doing it. I just don't personally like to see it. Not that I have anything against, obviously, killing turkeys, but I just don't like to see it. So I think it can be done, just done tastefully Yeah. to make sure that we don't have issues later on down the road with anti-hunters or with any other group. Yeah, that that's that's the thing is it, it there's so much power in social media now and i mean you know you, you know great you shot the turkey and you blew his head to pieces you know congrats but people don't really need to see that and then i saw a post the other day that was like nuts to me there was a guy like it was like a staged post where they had winged down like a sandhill crane i don't know if you've seen this one and then the this girl is like about to hit it in the head with a baseball bat like she's like loaded up like babe ruth and, oh, man. and it's like a staged photo like really well taken photo it was crazy like it mm. looked like one of those like sitka cover art photos or something but this girl's about to bash a bird's brain in with a baseball bat and i was just like mm. okay this is like psychotic like what are you doing <laughs> Right. Yeah, there is a good way to leverage social media, and then there is a bad way to leverage social media. And I think anybody who takes part in any form of social media just needs to be mindful about that and what is responsible and what's not responsible. Yeah, you got to realize your audience becomes unlimited at that point. It, it can end up in anybody's court. Yeah, once it's online, that's there forever. Point. Yeah, I totally agree. And if you ever want to get canceled let one of those pictures get in the wrong hands and you'll get canceled. Yep. Yeah, especially in today's culture. Yeah. Uh -huh. And, you know, I think we have some responsibility as hunters to, I'm not going to say police or preach, but when you see someone that you're following that you know well enough to say something to, shoot them a private message. Don't post a comment on the picture, but send them a private message and just say, hey, you know, first of all, your picture doesn't really tick me off. But have you given 
thought to how others may view it. And, you know, maybe it's, maybe there's a better picture you could put up in place of this one. Just, you know, my two cents, you're free to do whatever you want to do, but something to think about. And, you know, if we did that to people that we know, because I'll promise you, if I sent or texted Cameron and said, hey, that picture of that turkey that you shot, you know, it's not very becoming, you know, it looks a little rough or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you know, that picture of that raccoon that you're dragging behind your pickup truck is probably not something that needs to be on social media because it's just not going to go over well. I don't think he would take that the wrong way. Now, if I sent that to Bonce or Derek, you know, now I'm looking for a fight or I'd ask for a fight and that's what I'm going to get. But, you know, I think that we should all take a little responsibility for that. That's that's my two cents on it. Yeah. There's sometimes calling it out publicly isn't a bad route to go because it shows that we as hunters don't tolerate that kind of stuff. Like a good example, and Cameron, I know you were pretty heavy involved in this one, that 80-yard shot. Oh, my gosh. CSS, that, that gobbler standing on that hen's back. And yeah, like, don't even get that, me started that on that, that was a, man. <laughs> That was appalling, but that was a great example of a bunch of hunters that said, "No, we're not. We're not representing this," and and it, it got the attention it needed, and they took it down. And yeah, I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool to see that happen. Yeah, it happened quick too, man. I mean, that thing wasn't up for any time, and the comments on YouTube, and then I know I called it out, and I saw multiple other accounts. I mean, it just started rolling, and they got hammered. I think they took it down quick, but I mean, like, I don't understand. do it, Cameron. Don't do it, Cameron. I have made mistakes myself, you know, misjudging yardage and things like that. And like, I think the responsibility of people like y'all and like Realtree that film the hunt, if you make a mistake, like shooting a gobbler at 80 yards that is on a hen, and then he's sitting there side-eyeing you because you barely hit him, you know, but you got him in the spine. I mean, you have a responsibility. Not You just don't show that on YouTube. Yeah. Like, scrap that footage, you know, dang, this isn't going to work out too bad. You don't have to put every kill on the freaking site, you know, <laughs> like, especially yeah. if you screw up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, it wasn't I mean, even we so all much. Make it. Yeah. And, and I'll say, you know, we, we did, I did. I'm not saying we did. I did joke around about the Outdoor Channel, but you wouldn't see something like that on the Outdoor Channel. That's true. Right. Yeah. I just, you know, I wasn't even mad that the guy made the mistake. I don't know his story, and, like, he may not be a big-time hunter, the one who actually pulled the trigger, but I was more so upset that, like, they put it online. You just don't have to do that. That that was a good point that you brought up, you know, because in a case like that, yeah, it it took a lot it took multiple hunters to get that taken down if one person had just gone on there and been like hey that you know this this stinks you shouldn't be doing this then that video probably would have stayed up but yeah a group of hunters getting on there and you know asking real tree to reconsider that video being up was was a good thing so yeah i, yeah. I agree with your with well, your statement good, good example and I think, and not, I mean, that's kind of a negative one, but we as hunters, I feel like we need to do more of that. And that's where social media needs to come into play. And I think just being nice to, nice to your fellow hunter or outdoorsman, period, it needs to come into yeah. effect because the people that are against us are fairly uniform and we're an easy group to, to put into one group and then to attack as a group. But then we attack ourselves 
in a bunch of different fields, and we could sit here and talk for hours about all the different ways that hunters attack each other between regular bows or vertical bows and compound bows and um, traditional and TSS and lead. And, nobody hates a hunter like um, another hunter. I mean, we could yeah. talk for hours about decoys, all those things. Decoys, no to, decoys, all that crap. Yeah, we we need to get better at having these conversations amongst ourselves without it turning into a drag-out fight. Yeah. Because in a lot of social media areas, it does. It turns into a, a drag-out fight between different groups. And, it's it gets one, it gets old to read, and two... It makes for really good ammunition if somebody wants to attack a certain a certain way of us hunting. Like TSS is a great example and going kind of back to that video. I shoot TSS. I'm a really big fan of TSS because it really, really works. And um, lead also works. I use lead for a number of years. I used heavy shot for a number of years. But if you use lead or heavy shot or some other form of shot that I don't know about or an arrow or whatever, great. There's nothing wrong with that. I shouldn't attack you and you shouldn't attack me. Yeah. Because it's an ethical way, because there are ethical ways of killing turkeys. If one of us were to use an unethical way of killing a turkey out of that, like an 80-yard shot, then that's when we need to band together and be like, hey, look, that's not, that's not cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree on that for sure. And, you know, it. It seems like to me, I don't know if y'all have seen this, but I don't even hardly do Facebook anymore. It seems like everybody on Facebook's just angry. And for some <laughs> reason, Instagram's like where all the people go to just like really chill out and enjoy seeing posts. So that's why I kind of gravitated to Instagram because people on Facebook just like, they want to argue, man. <laughs> yeah, there's too much opportunity for commentary there. Instagram's like, here's a pretty picture. Next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like people like comment it. like a thumbs up, you know, or a fist bump, and that's it, you know. <laughs> so what are some of the ways that you guys think that we we as hunters can maybe cast a more positive light on what we do to those around us or those that we're friends with or follow us or whatever? And what would you kind of recommend staying away from, whether it's just, you know, the, the quality of the picture or maybe the the layout of the of the animal that we've killed or you know what what would you think are some ways that put us in a better light when we are posting about the sport that we love so much and especially turkeys (laughs) well i i think there's a big movement now with social media kind of emphasizing the respect that we need to show to these animals um which i think is a great thing and and I think people are taking more time to take good pictures and and more or less show that homage to that bird after the deed's been done. You know, YouTube, there's plenty of good examples on that where there's just an immense amount of respect put to this bird. The amount of attention that, you know, these population declines are, are causing around the bird, and there's been a lot more, I guess, attention given to that area where it's needed. Anything else? No, you pretty much summed it up. Well, but there is a... Go ahead. No, yeah, you got it. Um, some other things that I think social media has done a, a great thing to do, and we talk about how it's drawing more hunters in, getting more people out in the woods. Um, I think, like, particularly YouTube is is kind of highlighting there is a right and wrong way to do things, and as we get more people and we're competing for space, I don't know, when I watch a YouTube video and 
I'll see them comment like, oh, I was going to go here, but somebody was parked here, so now i got to go to my plan B spot. I think that kind of encouragement that, hey, you don't have to just go in because it's public land is a great thing, and it's something that, you know, we personally, I think, try to drive home a lot. Like, you know, I roosted a bird in South Dakota last year, and while I didn't want to admit defeat to it, I did. I didn't hunt that bird the next day because somebody beat me to it. Yeah. And that's just that's the pill you got to follow sometimes and, and showing that, you know, that's what you're supposed to do, I think is a pretty big responsibility for us by doing this. Well, there's yeah, a that bunch happened. of folks that need those pills, especially the give up your gate deal. Cause there's some rude folks. out there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, you know, showing that for you guys, showing that in a positive light on YouTube, showing yourself going to a different yeah. spot is, is uh, what we need. But maybe that's where we also need some public shaming. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, this, right. this rear end parked right beside me and is walking in with me, even though he's not hunting with me, but he is going into the same exact 40-acre block of woods with me. When I was here first, don't be this yep. guy. You know. Don't be this guy. And I'm I joking can't... when I say that, but... <laughs> not, publicly <laughs> shame him. I'm in. <laughs> There are some people. The only problem with, with the only problem with shaming them is then you can kind of end up into a, a, a brawl at three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning. And somebody's got a gun. And, and there's two guns involved, and who <laughs> at, at least two guns involved. Who knows what's involved? And it's yeah, that's not a, a pleasant thought process. But um, that is something that we could we could do. But I will say this too about Derek and I: we often don't don't get beat the parking lots i mean like so it's hard for us to show that because we don't we don't get beat and actually going back to seek a deer hunting we did get beat by another youtube group a couple times this year and the last time that they beat me i called them out on it and i said you guys are doing something to have beaten both Derek and i to the same spot several days back to back to back and it was like okay you guys they have my utmost respect now because just from that, like from nothing else alone, the fact that they're willing to beat us there, you guys are doing something because we have uh, lost quite a bit of sleep to make sure that we're there first. Oh, that's stupid early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Cameron, Cameron has the issue of actually sleeping in his car at the parking spot and then having him getting out and getting his stuff out and having somebody pull up right beside him and, Oh, yeah. You know, are you going to, uh, I'm hunting this spot, or, I mean, are you trying to get into this same 40-acre block of woods? Yep. Oh, yeah, I'm hunting right up there, and I'm like, all right, well, guess I'll go somewhere else. You know, I just slept here all night, but whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, Been there. You know, <laughs> it's the same, they own those woods just like you and I do. But it's just the principle of the thing, man. It is the principle of the thing, because you would walk away, but that doesn't, just doesn't mean everybody else would do it. And, you know, it's crappy, but it's what you get when you hunt public land. I mean, you know, there's going to be some crappy people out there. Yeah, Yeah, the whole attitude of, well, it's public land, you know, it just drives me nuts. And, like, so many people we come across. Like, up here, um, I now that we have traveled around the country a little bit and seen a few different places, I got to say, I think our our general population, people in this area, the mid-Atlantic region, have to be, the worst as far as when it comes to respecting other hunters i would agree they're terrible terrible yeah. there there's no such thing as thinking I've, I've hunted 20 acre blocks and had somebody come in on top of me and it's like 
Why? Right. <laughs> There's one wildlife area here on the eastern shore that you'll see at least four to five cars in every single parking spot. And the eastern shore is tiny. I mean, there's national forests that are out west that are bigger than the entire eastern shore. So and this is a small, small area. And it's got only a handful of parking spots. And it's still a small area. And there will still be four or five cars parked in every parking spot. And then you'll have random people just park along the road. And they don't, yeah, I, I got to say that I've heard a lot of talk about Alabama and Mississippi. And I was there last year. And yeah, there were some people, but maybe it's just the southern, you know, the southern hospitality was a little bit different <laughs> because those people were nicer. I don't know, like they just seemed a little bit nicer than some of the people that we have up here. Not saying anything against our local people because there's a lot of really good people up here too. But there's a few bad eggs that ruin it for the the thing about us southern folks is we will not confront you and we'll just talk about you behind your back. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> yeah, bless your heart. You'll fit right in down here. Come on back. Y'all come back now, you. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't but, mean come no, on back. You're, but you're right. <laughs> There's some great people up there, really are. and But they're not at all against any kind of confrontation. Yeah. If they think they've been done wrong. So, well, I think or, a big part of it, too, is in, in the traveling aspect of it. Like, once you yeah, – and you guys know this from, from traveling to turkey hunt. Once you start to travel, I think you get a better idea of what public land – the definition of what public land is. Yeah. And unfortunately, good or bad, a lot of the people that Derek and I are thinking about haven't really ever traveled off the shore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very isolated area, and there's a lot of people that have just never, they have born, are born and raised on the shore, and they've never moved off of it. They've never traveled outside of it, so they don't understand. So to them, yeah, it's public land, but it's their public it's land theirs. because they've been there for, you know, three generations. Yeah. So And now they're seeing an influx of hunters come into their spots that they've hunted forever, and so there's a, there's a difference there. And it is something that is, you know, YouTube videographers or whatever you want to call us, and it's something that we have to be mindful of, too, and trying to show respect to the people that we're going to. Because if I go down into Alabama, I'm going into somebody's backwoods. You know, I know for a fact that wherever I hunt, that's somebody's stopping grounds. So mm-hmm. you got to be mindful of that, especially on social media. But yeah. also, if you're sitting there at a parking lot and they beat you to that parking lot, if if somebody beats me to a parking lot, that's theirs. Yep. Yeah, that's right. They they put forth the effort to beat you, so it's theirs. You know, same thing with me. That's how I've always been. Yeah. Yeah, yep. and we we've all had the conversation. Somebody pulls in as you're getting ready, and where are you headed? And you have that that talk because I don't know. A lot of times I don't exactly know where I'm headed. I just know I'm going to head out in this direction and then listen for a bird, and that's where I'm going to go. <laughs> so it's like yeah. you're trying to be vague, but at the same time you got to be specific enough and yeah. The last thing I, the last thing I want to do, let alone my own hunt be ruined, but I don't want to be involved in ruining someone else's hunt. Yeah. No. Like I do, I don't want that on my conscience. So you, just, you don't want to you feel know, like I, somebody else is there the whole time, you know? Like it's, it's just Right. When I'm in the woods, I like to feel like a, you know, I'm out here hunting and it's me, you know, against the turkey. There's not Joe and Sam sitting on the other side of him trying to coax him that way. Yeah. And it's yeah, extra hard to walk away from a bird that's gobbling when you know someone's in there on it. Yeah, yeah. That's the real test of your sportsman card right there. Yep. But 
Yeah, uh, there have been several of them I've walked away from and just been like, quit gobbling. Cover, my, cover up my ears and walk away. Quit gobbling, quit gobbling, quit gobbling. <laughs> Boom! Yeah. <laughs> you know, and That's deep down me. inside, you're kind of like, yeah, I just want to run through there. Just run real quick. Nobody <laughs> will see me. I can scare that bird off, but nope, don't do it. So... <laughs> I had that happen last year, actually, in Alabama, come to think of it. I called in this bird into this creek bottom. He popped me at 25 yards or something, and I couldn't see him. He came, it was in tall grass, and he came in beside me, and then all of a sudden he saw me putted. But he wasn't sure what he had seen, walks off a little bit, starts gobbling again, and goes up on the other side of the creek. Well, I couldn't cross the creek, so I got out, drove around to try to come in on him from a different angle, started coming in and hear somebody shoot well i backed out and when i backed out and started driving some more i found the guy's car somebody else had come in from a different parking lot that i didn't know about Mm. and was in on that bird but as i was coming in you know i heard somebody call i stopped and i was like man what do i I, you know i was trying to figure out just what had happened and where they were because where i had parked i didn't see anybody and then they shot and i'm like well that sucks because i had that bird at 25 yards but oh well you know that's the way it rolls did you go back in there the next day because i'll promise you i missed that turkey (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i actually did not i found another bird that was not like any other alabama turkey i've ever heard about because i quite literally missed him and then called him back in 13 minutes later and killed him again or not again but killed him 13 minutes after i missed him that was a fun hunt. Played the lottery and won the scratch off. I'm assuming. I must have because I've <laughs> never heard of it, any other turkey doing this. And not only that, he gobbled so many times and so hard. And it was he was not from Alabama. He must have flown in from some other state because yeah, you brought him in from Maryland. I don't know what you told <laughs> that dude, but my gosh, you must have been promising him some things. I don't even want to hear about. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, but I wish I could remember what I said. <laughs> Do it every time. Yeah, when you release those pin-raised turkeys from Maryland <laughs> right. on public ground in Alabama, they, they do gobble a lot. Oh, I'm not going to confirm nor deny. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it works, right? Yeah. Check the state. <laughs> there you go. Check. Next. <laughs> oh, uh, that's awesome. Got him. But they're not, they're not supposed to be in a pen? Oh, shoot. <laughs> that's right. Uh, they're only get, if you get the video of it. I'm going to get the first 50 state slam because Alaska, I'm just going to go chain one up and whoop him and be done with it. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> seriously, guys, thank you all for coming yeah. on. I think the discussion of social media is something that needed to be had. And I think we dove into it pretty good. And it seemed like we covered it pretty good to me. And I've really enjoyed getting to know you guys a little bit better. And I, I look forward to keeping up with your travels this spring. I know y'all will be. Yeah hopping around quite a bit that's yeah. the plan yeah we Very appreciate what, uh what's the on the you guys took out to have well i'm starting next week in south florida that's a definite and i've got a tag in illinois and north dakota and a few other places so i'm i'm sure i'll be bouncing around and i'm still waiting on a couple of draws to come back so we'll we'll see just how my whole season's going to wrap up but yeah we'll be definitely bouncing around and and going from there and i got Three swings planned. Uh, gonna start my first one in Mississippi. That's a repeat for me. Um, then in April, I'll be going out for the Iowa opener. Got a tag there. 
And then in late May, I'm going to go out to Washington, try to hit, run around the Pacific Northwest a little bit. So yeah. we'll see how things go and how many states we can jump through from there. Yeah. But that's Good a tentative plan, always subject to change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I no just doubt. figured that out. But yeah. Well, we had a plan last year and then COVID. <laughs> yeah, that changed things too. So you just got to be flexible. And I know you guys are. As long as you can turn you somewhere, I'm going to be trying to get there. Yeah. Yes, sir. Good, Good luck, y'all. Thanks yeah. again for coming on and appreciate it. Yep. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yes, sir. Thanks we had for fun. Us. You too. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You know, that was a fun interview. Yeah, it really was. I, I enjoy those guys and I've had other people message me. I got messaged asking us to interview those guys. So, and I've also had other people talk about how nice and helpful they've been to them. So I know those are some great guys and I really appreciate them taking time to come on the show with us. Pretty decent guys to be Yankees. That's for sure. That's right. And congrats to, I know Bonts just got his Florida Osceola, I think yesterday or today. So congrats to him on that. Fantastic. That's good stuff. So I, I enjoyed that. And you know what else I enjoy, Cameron? Sausage. Sausage. <laughs> Dude, I had the rosemary, I mean, rosemary garlic, I think it was. It, oh, my a, God. Yeah, it really is insanely good. This, so if you guys didn't listen to our show last week, our new sponsor is Cullen Lord with the Cajun Market. And you can get sausages or, what do you say, crab cakes and all kind of stuff. Yeah. You can get it shipped straight to your door. And he shipped Andy and I two big boxes of sausages that he's making. And I'm telling you, I tried them for the first time this week. There's sausage and then there's there's Cajun Market sausage. This stuff is... it's You can literally taste the quality in it. Everything in it is just incredible. And he's got some cool mixes, too, like pineapple... And was it pepper jack and pineapple? Yeah. And then he's got like a bacon one. I mean, he's got all kind of stuff. The one I had had rosemary and garlic and stuff in it. And it was good. I put a little mustard on there. Ooh, it was good. Next time, try that bacon and brown sugar. I'd like Ooh. to hear your thoughts on that. It's really good as well. Okay, yeah. Well, no, I'm. you don't have to worry about it. I'm going to try them all. <laughs> oh, I know you are. I'm trying to figure out which one will fit best with a turkey gobbler breast and make a recipe with that. So I don't know why the the pepper jack and pineapple sausage sounds like it would be a great fit for a turkey. Yeah, it would be with a turkey breast. There's no doubt. And that rosemary and roasted garlic is going to be mixed with a little goat cheese and go inside of the deer roast. Heck yeah. And probably the next, well, I'll say by Sunday that's happening. That's going to be good. Good. I got to tell good. you, it really is next level ingredients. And you, the dude is literally a chef and he's sending you sausage to your door. So go to Facebook and check out the real Cajun market and tell Cullen, hey, heard about you on the Turkey Hunter podcast. Send me a cooler full of every sausage you have. Do that. And that's <laughs> you, the, the week. You will not regret that. No, I promise you, won't. you, you will not regret that. If I if I wrapped up one of these things and gave them to my father-in-law or a brother of mine for a birthday or something, they would love that. Literally, no, no. isn't it? Yep. It, it. These aren't like little 
sausage links either, folks. I mean, these things are like the biggest bratwurst you've ever seen, and then some. They're yeah. they're huge. This ain't your Jimmy Dean. <laughs> this is not Jimmy Dean. No, sure. <laughs> these are legit. So seriously, go over there, check out his page, and tell him we sent you the Turkey Hunter podcast. Get you some sausage. All right. Fantastic. Well, this has been a good, good episode. And we've got, my goodness, what do we have on, on queued up for everybody? Like two more weeks that we know of, solid, awesome interviews. Oh my gosh. Next week's interview, unreal. Great episode. It's going to blow your minds. It's Is one it of the most though, encouraging interviews I think we've done. Is it going to blow everybody's mind by the time we cut out all the good stuff, all the <laughs> tips that we learned, you and I learned from this guy that we don't want anyone else to hear? Is it really going to be that like, wow, that was awesome? Yeah, it is. It still would be, even <laughs> if we cut that out. But I'm going to try to talk you out of cutting it all out, even though I'm, I feel like I'm the more secretive one here. But who knows? We'll see. But Incredible interview. When... When you listen to it, you're just going to, it's going to make you feel good and you're going to pick up some really good tips, literally. Yeah. Towards the end, especially. So no doubt. we got that lined up and we're, we're working hard trying to get some good quality content out here and we got other ideas floating around. So we're, we're going to keep doing it. Well, let's do it. You might hear us talking from the road or the woods a lot in the next couple months because we're here. So it is, it's time. And with that said, I'm going to wrap this thing up because somebody's going to get up and go listen for some turkeys here real soon. Heck yeah. Wrap us up, man. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.